Hello and welcome to CBuzz, a collaboration between the Columbus Chamber and CD1025. We bring you the best stories from Columbus business owners. I am your host, Dan Swartout, and today we are talking to Kimberly Blackwell from PMM Agency. Kimberly, welcome to CBuzz. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Hey, Dan. It's great to be here. Looking forward to our conversation. I am too, and, and this is actually something I've been looking forward to for a long time because this is kind of a new perspective for CBuzz because a lot of the entrepreneurs we have interviewed are relatively new to the game. Their companies aren't uh, that old. They're relatively young companies. And we have got now an entrepreneur who is totally at the top of her field, who uh, saw through all of those early struggles and early troubles and is now at the top. So that's really <laughs> exciting for us here at CBuzz. And it's a cool perspective because I think it will also, all of those younger entrepreneurs who are out there struggling can see somebody who did the same thing and totally saw it through and is a and is a, is a, is a big success. So thanks so much. I'm excited for this new perspective on CBuzz. Well, I'm glad to you know be a part of this dialogue, and I think that as a business owner, it's a continuous learning curve. Sure. So um, you've given me a lot of credentials and credentials and kudos, and uh, I'm on the. Um, uh, uh, I'm on the uptick, and so I'm not quite at the top, but the uptick feels good. Good, yes, yes. I've navigated my way through some things, and I hope that I can be an inspiration to others. Well, that's exactly what this show is about, uh, the entrepreneurial spirit, business owners, learning stories. Tell us a little bit about PMM Agency, what it is and what it does. Sure, PMM Agency, we're a full-service marketing communications advertising firm. Uh -huh. uh, we serve the interest and support as agency of record for Fortune 100 companies, uh, government in, in government entities uh -huh. and agencies, and uh, also dip and dab in some um, what you all would call celebrities. Uh, I call them influencers, and uh, <laughs> uh, also have played in the sport and entertainment field. No kidding. So yeah. a big, wide array yeah. of, of clients, a, a vast field that you reach. Yeah. And so the, the sum of it is, is that we are all things brand. So uh -huh. for us, it's really brand management around product service brand. For some clients, it's employment brand. And then looking at those strategic opportunities for how people uh, kind of position themselves in the marketplace. I've heard that term a lot recently, like brand management, and I hear a lot of people talking about brand management. I think probably more people talk about it than are successful at it. Yeah. So what is it that you think has made you and PMM Agency such a success, whereas, you know, other people who are talking about it maybe aren't as successful? Yeah. Well, you know, um, there's a lot of sweat equity in it. Um, mm -hmm. I think part of it is really kind of understanding the technical aspects of marketing and brand. Uh -huh. um, you'll have people who, you know, say they're brand managers and they may be very good at promoting, um, but there is a cycle and evolution of brand that you really need to understand. Absolutely. And how that works. Uh, for us at PMM, I think also, too, we've been fortunate to have some great clients, some of which are here in town, Nationwide uh -huh. Insurance, Huntington, um, you know, the state of Ohio. Um, and with that, I think we've built a really strong niche around the multicultural and diverse market segments. Uh -huh. um, but through that, 
And we can kind of talk about how as a business owner, you have to look at how you're always growing new areas of your business. Uh, We've had some people that have taken a chance on us and saying, hey, they're really good at the diverse markets. Why can't they do this in the general? Uh And so with that, that has led to expanded opportunities. And, you know, um, we, we don't rest on any laurels. We just continue to try to get better. Outstanding. Now, I want to talk a little bit about your background growing up. Sure. What did you, when you were younger, what is it that you wanted to do? I imagine most people when they're young don't think I want to be in marketing or, yeah. or brand management. <laughs> um, so what were your kind of ambitions when you were? It was totally not what I'm doing uh-huh. now. Um, I think I always had aspects of business uh-huh. in the sense of um really an entrepreneurial kind of thinking. Um, I played sports. I think that, you know, there are some foundational skills around collaboration, team building, um, the competitive landscape that you must face um, that were deeply instilled. But actually, I wanted to go into medicine. No kidding. I wanted to be a sports medicine doctor. Now I'm a sports enthusiast. Sure. So, you know, I live here in Ohio. I'm a Buckeye. I uh, grew up in Cincinnati, but I do have a home in Atlanta also. And so, but between two markets, I hold Bengal season tickets, Falcon season tickets, and Hawk season tickets. Um, I think I've found a new best friend, <laughs> is all I'm saying right now. You know what? But as an entrepreneur, um, because there's so much that you give up in the sense of time and mm-hmm. to your business, um, my name is Kim Blackwell, and I'm a workaholic. Uh, what I've learned recently is that you do have to find that balance. And for me, that's a part of which, you know, the sports allows me to do that. But guess what? It's also a great way to entertain yes. clients and, 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 pros- and prospects. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Now, you you grew up in Cincinnati, you said. Um, You ended up going to undergrad at Syracuse. Yeah, Bleed Orange. Now, what led you from Ohio to upstate New York? Wow. Right. One thing, I didn't know how cold it was there before (laughs) I went. Um, And so my freshman year seeing uh, snow up to my thigh was quite the surprise. I'm always happy to go back. Last year, I was proud to receive uh, the chancellor citation as an alum. And, you know, as an alum, you go back and you kind of, To be recognized. That's fantastic. It's kind of cool. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. So you get, uh, you move on from Syracuse, you yeah. graduate, and then you come back to Ohio. I do. And you went to do some post-grad work at Xavier, yeah, correct? Uh-huh. What did you study at Xavier? At Xavier was a master's in, in sport business administration. So, and so medicine is already out the door. Medicine's out the door. Okay. You know, um, I realized that that business foundation was there um, and um, I wanted to try that. So you go to Xavier yeah, and then you... There's a little time between that and the founding of PMM, correct? Mm-hmm. That's correct. So what did you do in the interim and what kind of led you to that moment where you're like, I've got to branch out on my own and do this for myself? Okay, so a couple layers in that question. So um, for me, after Xavier, uh-huh. um, I had an internship. Now, remember, I'm a sports enthusiast. Yes. So I actually worked here at the Columbus Quest. It was the ABL, American Basketball We League. won two titles at the Columbus there Quest. There you go. So for me then, Katie I Smith. did it. Katie Smith. Katie Smith was a friend of mine. See, that's that co-connection thing. And we'll talk about yes. the power of networking. Um, and with that... Um, also worked for Mayor Greg Lashuka, worked in his administration. Um, but Another then, sports guy. 
you know, it's contagious. Yes, and yes. So from that, um, I actually worked for an apparel company that was based here in Columbus, but had offices in New York. So I would work two weeks on, two weeks off in the sense of being in New York uh, for a company called Zero Casualties Apparel. I was a vice president of marketing and advertising. Uh-huh. And uh, that whole New York scene, um, which is very different than Columbus, um, led to... Uh, a 917 cell phone, um, which, you know, now today is, you know, I could put that on eBay and probably sell it for quite a bit. <laughs> um, but it led to a lot of connections sure, uh, in major markets because I was traveling, running brand, running all of our personal service agreements, um, the advertising, um, anything that was tied to the market and the promotion of product um, was pretty much under my watch. And so um, it became a great way in which, uh, I got a bigger understanding of the industry, a bigger understanding of, you know, just how powerful marketing and its placement can be. Right. Um, and uh, fell in love. And so you're doing that and then you're you're gaining knowledge, you're making connections, you're networking. Yeah. And then eventually you reach that point where it's like. It's my turn to go out and do this, not working for somebody else, but working for myself. So what happened actually is that I, you know, I grew up in an era of Jay-Z and Biggie Smalls and so forth. So in the words of Jay-Z, I started my side hustle. Uh And so my I was working at the time. Uh-huh. In the industry, but people would come to me and really wanted strategic plans and things of that sort around marketing projects that they were doing. And an attorney said, Hey, you really need to set yourself up as an entity. Sure. You know? And so that's how I started PMM. But I actually did it not knowing that, you know, I would go into my business full time. It was really just an, an added an additional stream of revenue for me in an area in which I, you know, had grown a reputation of being successful. This is really interesting because yeah. I think this is the first entrepreneur who we've talked to on CBuzz that their business didn't start as this is what no. I want to do. Yeah. It kind of just started and yeah. grew. When did you realize that my side business is growing so big, the opportunities are so great that my side business should become my main business. I had gone to uh, lunch with a woman here in town. Uh-huh. Her name is Donna James. And, and I didn't know Donna. Um, she was a friend of uh, my father. And, you know, my dad did the thing and begged a friend of his to have lunch with his daughter, who uh-huh. was probably wayward. And he was hoping <laughs> that, you know, she could put me back on track. Sure, sure. But through that conversation at the time, Donna was a uh, senior officer uh, leading uh, one of the business units at Nationwide. We began to talk about things in marketing. And she kind of asked me, have you ever thought of going in business for yourself? Now, at the time, I love my job. Right. I'm 20 some years old. I'm living between Columbus and New York. You, I'm what going to award shows. I'm, you know. Yeah. And, and so I was like, you know, actually, I have a business, but, you know, I love what I do. I'm good. You know, and she said, you know, you really understand marketing and the field, you know, and I just, you know, would challenge you to think about it. 
And so I'm thinking like, yeah, you know, you, you, you know, you in the C-suite at Nationwide, <laughs> you know, your, your check comes every two weeks, right. you know, you're good. Oh, you yeah. know? Um, but with that, there was a time uh, and I can remember it, you know, I'm 20 something years old um, in a one bedroom apartment, 600 square feet that I started my business. And that conversation came back to me because, you know, and I talked to, you know, talk to people in the lecture circuit and tell them sometimes people see things in you before you see it in yourself. absolutely. And I was wondering, I just kind of thought about like, maybe there's something there, you know? I mean, the lady is smart, you know? (laughs) So um, I just, you know, decided that I would be a little bit more purposeful in my networking. Uh Uh-huh. And I began to work the phones. And I just told people, you know, hey, I'm going to try this. And, uh, you know, early on, the business was kind of like in seasons and cycles. So about this time back then, you know, I was living on what I had made in the spring and the summer and it had to last me till the next spring. Right. Um, because winter months were a little slower. Um, and, um, you know, I had some people who worked in corporate America who were friends and, you know, they took a chance on small projects. And, uh, you know, my belief was just give me the opportunity. You know, I understand that it may take some time, but it was always to put wins on the board. And I always operate and we got to knock this out the park. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you work with good companies, with good people and you find people within, you know, to kind of advocate and show the performance and the value of your work, um, you know, it generally will happen. It may not happen in your timeline, but it happens. What is your advice for people to get out there and network and how to do that effectively? There's mentors and there are champions. Mm -hmm. And so your mentors generally are the folks on a day to day that, you know, you may, you know, kind of bend their ear, um, good, bad and ugly. Um, You want to find people who are going to give you the straight talk, no chaser, tell you the things that you don't necessarily want to hear, but need to hear. You need to hear. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And because you're always going to have your rah-rah circle, you know, that that circle's... That, it gets full quickly. Yes, you know? it does. Um, but, you know, you need those people um, that really have no MO other than to see you be successful and, you know, become your best self. And this is a good point that I want to make or a strong point I want to make, Dan. There are so many good people in our world today that actually really want to see other people win. I tell people, don't get, you know, so stuck in the gender and the race buckets and things of that sort, because, you know, opportunity comes in all shapes, sizes, colors, creeds, whatever. Find affinity networks and resource groups. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a business owner, there are so many resources out there that cost you nothing other than doing a little homework, uh, finding um, the right um, entities as it relates to your small business association. Um, your chambers, mm-hmm. um, you know, I am and serve on the chamber board. Absolutely. Uh, so I would be remiss if I didn't mention all of the resources that we have available. Tremendous. And and multiple entrepreneurs on this show have talked about that. Yeah. And, um, you know, and then also too, you know, I think about like, you know, as your business grows in the stages and phases, uh, your challenges will change. For me now, I sit in an organization called WPO, Women's President's Organization. Mm-hmm. And there we have an opportunity to kind of share 
privately, you know, some of our um, challenges, struggles, opportunities, um, looking at ways to kind of create opportunities for others. Um, so those affinity networks around business and professional organizations, um, there are women's business centers um, that really look to kind of incubate programs and things of that sort. They're incubators. Um, so there's a lot out there, stuff that I didn't know about mm-hmm. until I got more engaged in these organizations. Um, there are mentors to protege programs that the government offers and don't underestimate the opportunities with the government, Mm -hmm. city contracts, state contracts, federal contracts, and then also to your classifications and certifications as a business owner. Have you gone to get certified as a small business enterprise, a minority business enterprise, a women's business enterprise? And there are opportunities out there that target SBEs. You mentioned uh, the National Women's Business Council. Yeah. And I know you serve on the board of yeah. the National Women's Business Council. Tell us a little bit about that, a little more about the, the services that offers and, and the things it's doing for the business world. Um, Thank you for asking. So I was appointed to the National Women's Business Council in 2011. Uh, I am fortunate to be one of eight CEOs, female CEOs that serves. It's a 15 member council. Uh Um, So we also have the heads of other women's organizations and groups that target uh, women business uh, ownership. And so for us, we serve as an independent council to the president of the United States, Congress and SBA are really looking at ways and opportunities around women's business ownership. Mm -hmm. And so we travel the country. uh, We're out doing forums. uh, We're wanting to take the pulse of what it is and where the challenges are for female entrepreneurs. Uh, We just had a public meeting this past Tuesday. It was really geared toward the federal procurement opportunities. Um, We're also now getting more into the private sector and making sure that women are aware of that. But it's women of all... um, different stages and scales of their business. So it may be the solopreneur or it may be women who are running, you know, um, close to billion dollar business enterprises. Mm -hmm. And so for us to NWBC.gov, NWBC.gov is the resource platform. Um, We are take a focus around research. Mm -hmm. Um, Where is it that research suggests that there are opportunities and corrective steps that can be taken through legislative policy. Um, And we become, you know, somewhat of um, we we have to be selective in how we champion causes because we are independent as council. Sure. But we want to bring awareness and really want to make sure that women are well resourced and understanding where those opportunities lie. And you talked a little bit about how your business grew Mm -hmm. and adding team members. Mm -hmm. I like to work with people who are smarter than me. I purposely didn't name my business, you know, using my name. Right. Because I didn't want it to ever fall that all of the brain trust was in one person and mind share was in one person. And so what I've also learned is that you have to empower your team. And I had to learn as CEO when to back out of my business. And I'm, I'm very much in it, you know, but, you know, you have to let people who you've hired do the things that you've entrusted them to do. And then your clients see, oh, it's not Kim. It's her team. And Kim's a part of that team. If the clients have faith in everybody, 
if something were to happen, they're more likely to continue to have that That's right. faith. That's right. And, and unforeseen things happen. Sure. I've had to, you know, for family reasons and other things, pull away from my business. And you know what? My, I would say early on, you know, and especially as I began to add people into the firm, I never wanted it to be that if I was missing from an account that the client felt could feel that absence. You know, right, right. I should be a value add to the conversation and not avoid when I'm not there. What advice would you give to an entrepreneur whose business is growing mm -hmm. for them to be able to stay true to the passion and the focus that led them to start the business to begin with? Yeah. So here's what I'll tell you. Um, and it kind of goes back to uh, my um, prior comment. Um, and I get it because some people say, well, I don't have the money to hire, mm -hmm. you know, a Crab Brown James as my law firm. You know, um, what I would tell you is that um, those networks in the organizations that, you know, some of which I cited earlier. Absolutely. They help. Like the chamber. They, like the chamber. Yes. They help. They help you find the resources and talent and counsel at little to no cost, depending upon where you are in scale. What I also would tell you is that when you are in a position to pay for it, invest in it. Yes. It's an investment. You know, some people are like, oh, do I have to pay that? You know, you're investing in your business. And that return pays dividends when you get people to your point. I have a thing. Stay in your lane. You know, uh -huh. if this isn't your swim lane. You know, you're weaving, <laughs> you know, get, yes. you know, and, and that can be dangerous because what happens is, you know, you end up um, probably um, having things to suffer unnecessarily because you didn't package it properly with the resources and talent. I was just thinking about, again, going back to 1999. Yeah. How different the world is now. How different communications is, how different marketing is. How have you been able to stay ahead of the curve with all of those changes and, and I'm sure you're already thinking about what's 10 years down the line. So we have this thing at PMM. Yeah. We don't live in the now. Uh-huh. We live in the next. Yeah. You know, so for us, it's always looking at what's next. You know, we, you're aware of trend, uh -huh. you know, but you also try to get ahead of it. And so for us, really looking at how technology you know, you talk about the difference between 99 oh. and, and now. And, you know, and I and here's the other thing. People, I run a business with seasoned professionals and Snapchat professionals. <laughs> OK, because I learn from those folks in my organization. Right. Data drives direction. You know, we're looking at, you know, where and how people are responding to things. You know, you got to, again, goes back to that technical, you know, numbers really drive a lot of opportunity. And, you know, you got to kind of pay attention to that and see how that formula changes. Now, you've had some incredible accolades as of late. I wanted to just bring those up and ask you about them. You were recently named to Ebony Magazine's 2015 Ebony Power 100, which highlights 100 influential and inspiring African Americans for their remarkable achievements. Congratulations. That is amazing. And what Thank was you it very what much. was it like to 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 have that kind of incredible recognition? Again, I think this is fantastic because we've had entrepreneurs who've had their business for 
a year, mm-hmm. you know, two years. Mm-hmm. And they started their business out of an apartment as well. And here they are, here you are, and they can see, you know, if I continue, if I persevere, I could have an incredible recognition like you with the Ebony 2015 Power 100. So first of all, I was, uh, I am honored and humbled uh, to have received that recognition. It came as a surprise. Yeah. Um, the chairman uh, called me in the office and said, um, you know, we would like to congratulate you. And I was kind of like, wow, how does this happen? And she said, you know, the editorial team uh, does a deep and robust search and, you know, you, you know, have uh, earned that recognition. Wow. And so for me, um, you know, it, it it's one of those things, too, that goes back to what I told you, you know, um, I, I, I live a good life. Yeah. Dan, you know, I, lo- I love what I do. You know, um, and when you do the right things for the right reasons and treat people fairly and right along the way, um, I've just seen these things unfold organically to my surprise. Um, and, and I'm at a loss for words because, you know, I, 2015 was a great year yeah. for the business and for me as an individual. You know, we were recognized by Smart Business, um, you know, after the Ebony, what was an even bigger surprise and of equal gratification for me uh, was Inc. Magazine. And so for me, Inc., you know, Ebony was is, is special, sure. you know, because, you know, as a woman of color, you want to be an inspiration to all people, sure. not just women and people of color. Um, but when you think about our um, young African-American children being able to see images and knowing what can happen when you put hard work and right. education forth and you follow a passion and a dream. That's great. Ink is my industry and business, Mm -hmm. you know? So for me, it was like, I got a business cred, you know? And it's one of those things where you, you know, I take a moment because people tell me, hey, Kim, you know, you always got your head down and you're working. But what I'm also learning too is that you got to take that moment to realize, stop and smell the roses. But also, Dan, you know, I read my press, but I don't subscribe to it, right. you know, because I've been fortunate to see and speak with CEOs and one of which Don Thompson, recent uh, CEO of McDonald's. And he said, you know, I've graced the covers as the best CEO. Right. And then, you know, there's been a season where people have wanted to put him as the worst. But, you know, Don Thompson clearly was one of the best. Mm-hmm. And but what I take from that is that, you know, regardless of who it is, if you know who you are and you've been putting the work and the product into the marketplace and you're serving your community and you're looking at how to be a better, if not best self, and you're empowering others to be their better and best self. While all these things are great and I don't want to sound ungrateful because I'm truly grateful. Right. You know, my reward comes every day when I wake up and say, thanks, God. I live a great life. And, you know, you're talking about you live not in the now. You live in the next. Yeah. And your business just keeps growing. The recognitions have been incredible. I'm Obviously, you have some sort of a plan or a vision for yeah. 2016, 17 and beyond. Um, I'll tell you, um, we're in some... Um, Interesting, and I'm going to be cautiously optimistic 
discussions uh-huh. uh, with a couple other new clients, global uh, uh corporations. Um, So we'll see what happens there. Uh, Just to continue to build uh, our portfolio of clients in the public and private sector. Um, Dan, I want a a nice government contract because Uh I know that the work that we're doing in private definitely can translate over into the federal contracting Mm -hmm. space. So that's something that I see short term. But long term, you know, my uncle, uh, late uncle, uh, was the first African-American head of advertising for Procter & Gamble. He went on then to become an entrepreneur running the second largest minority broadcasting company. Um, And, you know, what he told me when he got once he got into the entrepreneurial phase was, you know, always keep your options open. And so, you know, I've had to look at, you know, is PMM something that I see from a legacy standpoint and generational wealth, you know, or is PMM something that, you know, may at some point become part of a larger venture? Sure. Um, I've had uh, in the last 18 to 24 months calls from, you know, uh, wanting to talk about mergers and acquisitions. I'm not ready for that. Right. You know, I like my ride the where I am right now. However... What I tell them is, let's stay in touch. (laughs) Things change. Going back to those people who are early in their business, I would say a few things. Um, You know, understand the marketplace. Find your white space. What makes you different? What's your secret sauce? Um, You know, continue to build networks that allow you to position yourselves for business opportunities, but also personal and professional growth. Um, Hold fast to plan. Mm -hmm. There will be rough waters. Um, And and again, I go back to that point where my challenges are just different now. Sure. You know, I got to a point where, you know, I was never I I was always I've always been a uh, LLC, but my tax status changed. I'm now taxes a C-Corp. You know, you got to learn how the ebb and flow works, you know, from that 600 square foot apartment, Mm -hmm. you know. And then what I also say is decide what you want as an entrepreneur for you. You may want a lifestyle business and that's fine. Yeah. Not everybody wants to be, you know, the 300 million, 500 million billion dollar enterprise. That is fine. Do what works for you. What is your secret sauce, Ah, if you can tell? Part of my secret sauce is whether it's the business of PMM or the business of those service agencies and entity, I go hard. Go hard or go home. Hustle. You want to be a bear, be a grizzly. (laughs) Kim Blackwell, Kimberly Blackwell, PMM Agency. This has been a phenomenal discussion. Thank you so much for joining us. Where can all of our listeners go online to find out more about you and more about PMM? Experience PMM. And, you know, we also have a promotional products company. One of the things that we didn't get to, and I'll say this real quickly, is always look at how your business changes. I'm in a product service business that started out as service. Uh We now expanded into product, too. Ah. So you can find us in a few places. But what I would say to those people who are growing their business, you know, keep steadfast. Um, You know, if there's anything that I can do, I meet with a lot of business owners um, just to, you know, sometimes provide words of encouragement. Um, And, you know, for me, it's really about, you know, making sure that, you know, they um, don't get discouraged so easily. 
Kimberly Blackwell, PMM Agency, thank you again so much for joining us. And thank you for listening to CBuzz. I'm Dan Swartout. CBuzz is a collaboration between the Columbus Chamber and CD1025. CBuzz is produced by Delara Casey, engineering by Mark Pasternak from Jump Goat Media, and the recording studio is provided by GrooveU. But most of all, thanks to you for listening to CBuzz and and Kimberly Blackwell. We just might have more accolades after this episode wins a Peabody. Thank you so much. (laughs) We'll see you next time.